Welcome to Zichur Daf Simani Member by Abraham Goldhari, and today we're Zechus Ksubis Daf Pehe, the ninth parak Hakotzevu Ishto. The Zichur Mesechus Ksubis program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hachazachas Torah. So the three times we're going to focus on number one: Avimi Bredvar owed money to some residents of Jose, and he sent the money with Chama Bredvar Yavo. When he paid them, he said to them, Havu Ishtar, give me back the star. And they responded, Sitrainino, these funds were for the payment of a side matter. Rashi explains that they claimed he owed them additional money for a milva alpeh, an oral debt, and they were applying these monies to that debt. The star remains unpaid, and they intended to hold on to it. But Yavo was asked what the ruling is, and when he was told that there were no aiding that the debt was paid, he answered, Since they're able to say, it never happened at all that you paid. They are believed to say those funds were for the payment of a side matter. When it comes to the question of whether the shaliach must pay the debtor, Ravashi ruled that if the debtor told the shaliach, take the star and give the money, then the shaliach must pay. If he said, give the money and take the star, he doesn't have to pay. The Gemara rejects this ruling and says that either way, the shaliach must pay. For the debtor can tell him, I sent you to improve my situation, not to worsen it. Point number two, there was a certain person who deposited a silver cup with Chasa, and then Chasa died without leaving any final instructions regarding the property in his possession. The depositor and Chasa's heirs came before Rav Nachman, for the heirs claimed that the cup might have belonged to their father. Rav Nachman said to them, Firstly, I know that Chasa was not wealthy enough to have owned a silver cup, and furthermore, the claimant gave a simon and an identifying mark, which proves that the cup is his. But this was only stated on the assumption that the claimant does not regularly go in and out of Chasa's house. But if he does, then giving the simon does not prove anything. For I can say that another person deposited the cup with Chasa, and the claimant saw it when he was in the house. And point number three, there was a certain man who said before his death, Nechsayla Tovia, my properties are hereby bequeathed to Tovia, but he didn't indicate which Tovia he meant. He then died, and a man named Tovia came to claim the property, and Rabbi Yochanan said, Tovia, Behold, Tovia has come, and there's no reason to withhold the property from him. The Mepharshim explained that it's presumed that this Tovia appeared first because he was close to the deceased and was convinced that the reference was to him. The Gemara continues that if Rav Tovia came to claim the property, is not given to him because the deceased did not say Rav Tovia. But if the deceased was on casual terms with him, they are given to him. If two people named Tovia came, Shachim v'Tamachachim, Tamachachim Kodim. If one was a neighbor and the other Tamachachim, the Tamachachim takes precedence. Rashi explains that it's presumed that the dying man wanted to increase his schusim before his death by giving his property to Tamachachim. For all the Nevi'im prophesies about the rewards of Olam Haba only regarding one who benefits the Tamachachim with his possessions. So once again, the three points are number one. Avimi Breda Rabbi Yavo owed money to some residents of Achosai and he sent the money with Chama Breda Rabbi Baravo. When he paid them, he said to them, star, give me back the star. And they responded, these funds were for the payment of a side matter. Rashi explains that they claimed he owed them additional money for a milva alpeh, an oral debt. And they were applying these monies to that debt. The star remains unpaid and they intended to hold on to it. But Yavo was asked what the ruling is. And when he was told that there were no aiding that the debt was paid, he answered, since they're able to say, it never happened at all that you paid. They are believed to say those funds were for the payment of a side matter. When it comes to the question of whether the shaliach must pay the debtor, Ravashi ruled that if the debtor told the shaliach, take the star and give the money, then the shaliach must pay. If he said, give the money and take the star, he doesn't have to pay. The Gemara rejects this ruling and says that either way, the shaliach must pay. For the debtor can tell him, I sent you to improve my situation, not to worsen it. Point number two, there was a certain person who deposited a silver cup with Chasa, and then Chasa died without leaving any final instructions regarding the property in his possession. The depositor and Chasa's heirs came before Rav Nachman, for the heirs claimed that the cup might have belonged to their father. 
Rav Nachman said to them, Yadana Bey, Bechasa Dua Ami. Firstly, I know that Chasa was not wealthy enough to have owned a silver cup. And furthermore, the claimant gave a simon an identifying mark, which proves that the cup is his. But this was only stated on the assumption that the claimant does not regularly go in and out of Chasa's house. But if he does, then giving the simon does not prove anything. For I can say that another person deposited the cup with Chasa, and the claimant saw it when he was in the house. And point number three, there was a certain man who said before his death, Nechsayu Tovia, my properties are hereby bequeathed to Tovia, but he didn't indicate which Tovia he meant. He then died, and a man named Tovia came to claim the property, and Rabbi Yochanan said, Haribad Tovia, behold, Tovia has come, and there's no reason to withhold the property from him. And Mepharshim explained that it's presumed that this Tovia appeared first, because he was close to the deceased and was convinced that the reference was to him. The Gemara continues that if Rav Tovia came to claim the property, is not given to him, because the deceased did not say Rav Tovia. But if the deceased was on casual terms with him, they are given to him. If two people named Tovia came, Shachim v'Tamachachim, Tamachachim Kodim. If one was a neighbor and the other Tamachachim, the Tamachachim takes precedence. Rashi explains that it's presumed that the dying man wanted to increase his chusim before his death by giving his property to Tamachachim. For all the Nevi'im prophesies about the rewards of Bohem Haba only regarding one who benefits the Tamachachim with his possessions. All right, so now we go to Simr Hey, and our standard Simr is associated to a pair, a mouth, and we use a dentist for the Simr, a dentist. So here goes. Tovia, the wealthy dentist who refused to give the star to the patient Shliach, who paid for a cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up his silver cup he had deposited by another patient who just died, when he just heard the news that another patient just bequeathed all of his property to a Tovia. Once again, slow motion. Tovia, the wealthy dentist. Dentist, that must be more tough. Pay hey, mouth. Tovia, the wealthy dentist, who refused to give the shtar to the patient Shaliach, who paid for a cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling, which reminds the Gemara brings a case where the Shaliach pays the debt on behalf of a debtor, but is not given the shtar, as the creditor says that there was another debt owed that was a milva alpeh, and they're keeping the monies for that debt. The Gemara clarifies that if there are no aiding, the creditors are believed, based on amigo, and the Shaliach must pay the debtor because he worsened the situation. So, Tovia, the wealthy dentist, refused to give the shtar to the patient Shaliach, who paid for a cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up a silver cup he had deposited by another patient who just died, which reminds us, there was a certain person who deposited a silver cup with Chasa, and then Chasa died without leaving any final instructions regarding the property in his possession. The depositor in Chasa's heirs came before Rav Nachman, for the heirs claimed that the cup might have belonged to their father. Rav Nachman said to them, Yadana Beba Chasa del Amid. Firstly, I know that Chasa was not wealthy enough to have owned a silver cup, and furthermore, the claimant gave a simon, which proves that the cup is his. So, Tovia, the wealthy dentist, who refused to give the star to the patient Shaliach, who paid for a clean and claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up a silver cup he had deposited by another patient who just died, when he just heard the news that another patient just bequeathed all of his property to a Tovia. Which reminds the more discusses a case where a certain man said before his death, next silo Tovia, my properties are hereby bequeathed to Tovia, but he didn't indicate which Tovia he meant. So once again, Tovia, the wealthy dentist, who refused to give the star to the patient Shaliach, who paid for a cleaning, claiming he still owed money for a filling, was about to leave the office to pick up a silver cup he had deposited by another patient who just died, when he just heard the news that another patient just bequeathed all of his property to Tovia. All right, now it's time for Forba Bach Hazara. Daf pay off. So the simmer daf pay off is a grandpa. So here goes. The grandpa, grandpa. That must be more than daf pay off. The grandpa who couldn't stand listening to the Yavam bicker over who's responsible to bury the Shomer's Yavam, which reminds us, the Gemara asks on the bottom, Da pay on the base. Shomer's Yavam Shamesa Mikobra. A Shomer's Yavam that dies, who buries her? Meaning, 
Who's responsible to pay for her burial? Do the husband's heirs, meaning the Yovam, bury her because they inherit the Ksuba, or perhaps the father's heirs bury her because they inherit the properties that enter and leave with her, referring to the Nixon and Luke. The Gemara brings a long exchange between Abai and Rabba. So the grandpa couldn't stand listening to the Yovam bicker over who's responsible to bury the Shemer's Yavam, and waved the star at him while shouting, Shtara Omer Gabos Kagavui Dami, which reminds us. The Gemara brings a mission from so to the demonstrates that Beis Shammai hold, Shtara Omer Gabos Kagavui Dami, a star that awaits collections, is considered as if it's already been collected. Rashi explains that the one who holds a star which gives him a lien on the debtor's property is considered more muksak in the property than the debtor himself. So the grandpa who couldn't stand listening to the Yavam bicker over who's responsible to bury the Shomer's Yavam and waved a star at him while shouting, Shtara oimel gavos kagavoi dami, didn't notice that off to the side one brother who was a Yavam was promising to divide the estate of his deceased brother with a younger brother, which reminds us. The Gemara brings an incident where a Yavama fell to a man in Pumpendisa, and his younger brother wanted to give her a get to puzzle her tomb, so that his older brother would not inherit the entire estate of the deceased brother. The older brother said he should not give her the get, and I'll divide the estate with you. Rav Yosef's position that Yavam's promise to share the estate is not valid, even though he'd made a kinya at the time of the declaration to share the estate, is challenged by Abaya. Daf Pei Beis, so the similar Daf Pei Beis, is peanut butter. So here goes. The peanut butter loving Yavam, peanut butter, that must be run off pay base. The peanut butter loving Yavam, who told his suspicious younger brother that he could divide his deceased brother's estate from now, which, which reminds us, an incident is brought with two brothers in Masmachasi where a distrustful younger brother wanted to give the Yavam a get in order to prevent the Yavam from acquiring the whole estate, as he had heard that Rav Yosef ruled that an offer to split the estate would not be effective. The Yavim told him, If you want, divide the estate for yourself from now. The Yavim reasoned that since he could divide the estate after doing Yibum, it would also be effective to have his brother make a Kenyan now with the intention to only acquire the estate after Yibum. Marba Ravashi said it's not in the Yavim's power to split the estate before the Yibum is performed. So the peanut butter-loving Yavim, who told his suspicious younger brother that he could divide his deceased brother's estate from now... Divorces Yavama the get because she messed up his peanut butter sandwiches and then ended up remarrying her, which reminds us the Mishnah had said that if the Yavam married the Yavama, she is considered his full wife. But Yosef Rebekhina said that the Mishnah is coming to teach that he may divorce with a get and take her back as a wife. The Gemara explains why we might have thought that he has to do chalitza with her and would not be permitted to take her back as a wife. So the peanut butter loving Yavam who told his suspicious younger brother that he could divide his deceased brother's estate from now, divorces Yavam with a get because she messed up his peanut butter sandwiches and then ended up remarrying her, writing in the Ksuba that all his possessions, including his peanut farm, are pledged to her Ksuba. Which reminds us, the Gemara explains why Shimon Shatach instituted that the husband write to his wife, all my possessions are pledged to her Ksuba. Rush explains that this was an effective deterrent to divorce. Daf Pei Gimel, so the similar Daf Pei Gimel is a pogo stick. So here goes. The pogo stick champ, pogo stick, that must be on Daf Pei Gimel. The pogo stick champ who wrote to his wife, Dinudvarim Enimina Chasayich, would jump high to eat the apples right off the tree, which reminds us of the opening mission of the ninth parak states, Hakosavu Ishto Dinudvarim Enimina Chasayich, if one writes to his wife, I have no claim or argument with respect to your property, referring to her Niximilug, Aiza Ocho Peros Bechayel, Vimesa Yorsha, he may nevertheless eat the produce during her lifetime, and if she dies, he inherits it. If so, why did you write, I have no claim or argument with respect to your property? She makravanasna kayim. So that if she sold it or gave it away, the transaction stands. So the pogo stick champ who wrote to his wife, 
would jump high to eat the apples right off the tree, telling the rabbis down below he didn't want to avail himself of their takanas chachamim, which reminds us the word challenges whether making such a declaration is effective for it was taught in a brisa. If one makes a similar statement to his friend, who is a partner in owning a field, he hasn't said anything. But she explains that these statements are not an expression that he's giving the field to his partner as a gift. So why should the husband's declaration work? The Gemara answers the husband's waiver is effective because of Rabbi Oda Arusa, when he writes to her while she's still in Arusa. And this is in accordance with what Rabbi said, If one says, I do not wish to avail myself of a rabbinic takana made for my benefit, such as this, we listen to him, for it doesn't apply where the beneficiary refuses it. So the pogostic champ who wrote to his wife, would jump high to eat the apples right off the tree, telling the rabbis down below he did not want to avail himself of their takanas chachamim, until he got a stomachache from eating this way and eventually wrote, I have no claim but pero pero sen, adoram. Which reminds us, Rabbi Huda says the husband always retains rights to consume the peros of the peros, the produce of the produce, unless he writes to her, I have no claim or argument in your property or its produce, or to the produce of its produce to infinity. The Gemara asks why Rabbi Huda included in the husband's renunciation both the phrase the produce of the produce and to infinity, which seems redundant. And the Gemara brings three possible ways of understanding the statement. Daf Pei Dalad. So the symbol Daf Pei Dalad is a launch pad. So here goes. The astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad, launch pad, that must be on Daf Pei Dalad. The astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife, Balchov and Yorshin, which reminds us. The next mission states, If someone died and left a wife, a creditor, and heirs, all making claims on his estate, and he had a deposit and a loan in the possession of others, Rabbi Tarfan says, They shall be given to the weakest among them. Rikiva says, We're not merciful in deciding the halacha. Rather, the property should be given to the Yorshin, for all of them referring to the widow and the Balchov require an oath before they can collect, whereas the Yorshin do not require an oath. The Gemara explains why the Mishnah mentioned both cases of a deposit and a loan. So the astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife, Balchov and Yorshin, who were fighting over who was the weakest to collect. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks what Rabbi Tarfum means that the property is given L'Kosho Shabahen to the weakest among them. Rabbi Yosef Rechina said L'Kosho Shabariah is given to the one with the weakest proof, which is the one who has the most recently dated star, since he cannot collect from properties that were sold before the date of the star. And Rabbi Yochanan said, isha It's designated to the woman's ksuba because of favor. Rashi explains that she's considered weaker because it's not a woman's way to investigate what were the holdings of the deceased and find land from which to collect. So the astronaut who kept the deposit and loan given to him in his rocket ship on his launch pad was surrounded by his deceased creditor's wife, Balchov and Yorshin, who were fighting over who was the weakest to collect. When suddenly the wife snatched some detached fruit to cover the value of her ksuba and gave the surplus to the Bachov. Which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that if the deceased left detached produce from the ground, whoever is first to seize it gains possession of it. If they gain more than what was owed to him, most of the surplus is given, according to Rabbi Tarfon, to the weakest among them, whereas Rabbi Kiva says it's given to the Yorshin since they do not require an oath to collect. The Gemara says, according to Rabbi Kiva, seizing is effective when the creditor sees the property during the father's lifetime. All right, so now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do the case where a silver cup was deposited in Chassa's house and the Yorshin attempted to claim it was their father's? That's on Duff. Hey, hey. Good number two, which of the according to Rabbi Tarfan, who's considered Koshal Shabahen, the weaker of the claimants? Is it the Balkov of the deceased or the wife of the deceased? That's on Duff.
peidad. Good number three. Which daf do we have a mochokas over who buries a shomer's yavam? That's on daf. Pay off. Good number four. Which of the one that we listen to someone who says, I do not want to avail myself of the chachamim's takana that was made for my benefit. That's on daf. Pay gemel. Good number five. Which of the case where the shuach paid a debt on behalf of the debtor, but was not given the star because the debtor owed another debt. That's on daf. Pay hey. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn that the wife sees possessions of the deceased husband's property? Their surplus is given to the Balkhov. That's on Duff. Pay dog. Good number seven. Which stuff do you win the Beisham may hold? Star dummy. A star that waits collection is considered as if it's already collected. That's on Duff. Pay off. Good number eight. Which of them and why the Mishnah listed both a deposit and a loan in the hands of another that have been contested by a wife, a Balchov, and Yorshin? That's on Duff. Pay dollar. Good number nine. Which Duff does the Gemara deal with the seeming redundancy in Rabbi Yehuda's statement of Peru Peru Sehen Ad Olam? That's on Duff. Pay Gimel. Good number ten. Which stuff would be the case of a dying man who bequeathed all of his property to a tovia without specifying which tovia? That's on Duff. Pay hey, excellent. That concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zikh wishing you a great day and great learning.